Welcome to This Might Be A Podcast. This is part two of the Hotel Detective Saga. If you haven't listened to part one, go do that now. Part one had the original parentheses. She was a closing parentheses. Hotel Detective off the self-titled debut. And we discussed the no parentheses. She was a hotel detective off of the Back to Skull EP. On part two, we will be discussing She Was a Hotel Detective in the Future off of the They Might Be Giants podcast and then on Cast Your Pod to the Wind. And we will be discussing the quote-unquote commentary track on She Was a Hotel Detective in the Future. So, back to the gang. Me, Matt Lee, and John Ulyss talking about more Hotel Detective stuff. Now are we ready to move on to, I guess, the last song of it. We'll get to the commentary, but the last song, are we ready to move on to the future? Yeah. I say so, yeah. The future, Conan? Uh, All the way to the year 2007. Uh, So that's when it came out on the Else, but she was a hotel detective in the future. Was that... Did that come out before 2007 then? A year before. Okay, so 2006. And we got another... Linnell track. So again, Linnell is taking this. Mm-hmm. Flans hasn't dipped back into this well, except, you know, if you're talking about the um, the Monopuff song we discussed earlier. Um, night Security. Right, Night Security. Right. I was about to say Night Watchman. I'm like, that's not right. was a hotel detective in the future it first appeared on the podcast right and then collected on cast your pod to the wind which mm-hmm. i'm glad they did that um because as i've discussed with i think john before like i cannot seem like i listen to podcasts on my phone and listening to the podcast you can't go on apple it'll come up they might giants podcast comes up on apple but all the files are like messed up you can't listen to it on normal podcast platform. So I'm ga- yeah. glad they collected the songs of note on Cast Your Pod to the Wind. Well, I'd say Cast Your Pod to the Wind, it's got some songs yeah. of note from, from the very beginning of the podcast. But there there's some really good ones early on that didn't even make that. And then there's tons that came later yeah. that n- never got I mean, re-released. Yeah, Cast Your Pod to the Wind as like, a, it could have been a standalone album as far as I'm concerned. And I think if they did this, Today they may have done it because, like, with you got the they they set the template with uh, the dial-a-song cycles and doing 
phone power when they did the two, 2015 dialogue song and then the my murdered remains like this is like yeah it's a collection but it's not previously released stuff i mean unless you're counting the podcast but that's like essentially like the dialogue song podcast was almost like dialogue song in a way they're like here's a new song uh but it's within this podcast because i think honestly I listen to Cast Your Pod to the Wind more than Phone Power or My Murdered Remains. I just think it is a really good collection of songs. Yeah. Fuck. I mean, it's a, it's a little top-loaded, but um, I'm Your Boyfriend Now. I mean, that mm. is a song that I'm just obsessed with it, kind of like the character is obsessed yeah. with this woman. It is just such a good song. That's a song that they, they held over for uh, six or seven years, because that came out back on E-Music and Unlimited. It is such a good song, and it looks like they've never played it live. It is such a good song. And then everyone loves Why Do You Grow a Beard? Everyone loves Brain Problem Situation, but We Live in a Dump. Oh my god, every time our house gets messy, I sing that song, because it's just amazing. <laughs> just it's that was the only song on the final dial a song tape machine was we live in a dump well i think every i think you should just claim every song on cast your punch of the wind then john so you can just tell me all these things but <laughs> well, like, i have a story with that one because i i sent the band an ebay link up, 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 up. this is not that episode <laughs> nice that's the only reason i'm bringing it up and then haunted, <clears throat> haunted floated eye is like some of my favorite flansburg uh, falsetto as we just talked about falsetto I can't hang out with the haunted high. <laughs> so, so good. I love Cast Your Pod to the Wind. And Hotel Detective, she was a parentheses, Hotel Detective in the future. She was a hotel detective in the future. She had a hundred mechanical fingers. She held an electrical eyeball. She shot the beam of a laser into my heart, into my heart. My heart is in the Since we're coming off and of talking about parentheses, why does Linnell decide to put the parentheses back in there? It, it's, it's a different title altogether, so he can he can put him back again. I guess, but like now, is he saying like actually no? This is the sequel to the first one because it's got the parentheses back. It's just being confusing. She was a hotel detective. He should have put another parentheses in the future. <laughs> oh Jesus! Okay, so let's talk about the. Uh, the arrangement of this one, because we've got another drastically different, you know, right. stylistic turn from the jazzy, you know, bluesy swing, screamy flans of the original to the like disco-y um, version on Back to Skull. And then we got, she was a hotel detective in the future, which to me feels like you're making that jump to modern TMBG. And this almost seems like it could have come out, you know, this year. Like, it sounds right. like a song that, kind of along the lines, like I was saying with Linnell, where he's like, oh, I got this idea, I got this weird thing, let's do it. I know it probably won't go on an album, but I'm gonna, uh, you know, I got this funny idea, and let's just use an old character. You know, I've got this musical idea, I don't want to have to think about lyrics too hard, so I want to use this new plugin I've got that makes my voice sound like a robot. Yeah, 
for me, this song is from a weird era where, so it's like one of the last, uh, it's in the year before I moved here, you know, 2006, 2007 uh, era of living in the UK. And my commute at the time was I would uh, take my physical iPod that I would dock with my computer that would download podcasts overnight. Yep. I would then undock it and headphones on, I would walk across the city of Manchester where I lived at the time, uh, past some pretty iconic venues to my to my job at the university there. And for me, this song is, whenever I hear it now, just takes me straight back to that, like, that commute and that kind of walk through, like, old industrial parts of Manchester nice. that are, like, being, like, torn down and turned into, like, rich people housing. Uh, and so that's, that's what I think of when I think of this song. I, until you mentioned it, Cashapods of the Wind, I was like, what is this? This did not come out with whatever UK release of the else we got. So this is oh. like, I've heard most of these songs. Yeah. The podcast, but I've not heard them on, I didn't realize there was a disc I could get. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was just a limited run, like the initial run of the else, right? And then it, yeah. future pressings, it was not on there. Um, yeah. I remember getting the else on CD living in, in like having it delivered to my office at the university when it, when it came out at that time. So and it perfectly yeah, falls no, no, in line. No. Yeah, perfectly falls in line with, with They Might Be Giants to make some things obscure, and at least to some parts of the world, make them very right. obscure. Right. Um, I mean, we're firmly into like the fast internet era here. So, but if you didn't know a song existed, you weren't listening to the podcast. You didn't know a song existed. You aren't going to like go on YouTube and search for a song you don't know exists. You know, right. So you might never hear podcasts it. Podcasts in that era were also. I mean fairly new at that point i think 2006 yeah i mean oh, yeah. the, the podcast website or the page on the wiki mentions that they had to add to the website that you don't need an ipod to listen yeah. to the podcast right yeah because that's where the name came from people don't even think about that now that right. yeah the the pod yeah and yeah i think the punk news podcast started right around then too the weekly punk news podcast has been going fucking forever and i think has not yeah. officially had a week off since then, we've had some a bunch of different people running it over the years, but they're insistent that even there's a Christmas special and they never take a week off. So, people, <laughs> wow. if, if you want to hear about, well, because it's like a news roundup thing. So, if something sure, yeah, something yeah, yeah. happens in the punk indie world, yeah, you gotta you gotta get get on that and talk about whatever Glenn Danzig did this week. Um, yeah. Speaking of of Manchester, though, I'm a big fan of all the the, the Manchester stuff, and the, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm a Britpop completist, but like I love that era. I'm I'm a bigger probably shoegaze and and dream pop fan than than Britpop, but I love all that. Like Stone Roses' first record is fucking mm-hmm. huge for me. For one, that's yeah, just like a genius. The weird thing of the Stone Roses, right? Where so if you some Manchester purists. Like well, they went to London, so they're not, they're not, they're not, they're not, they're not them at us. And it's like yeah, it's a silly, sort of redundant way. The same with the Smiths, right? The Smiths were on Rough Trade; they were not on a Manchester label, therefore they're not whatever. And it's like yeah. you get those people in Manchester who believe that, right? Like if you weren't spat on by Ian Curtis in the Blessed yeah. Free Trade Hall in 1976, then <laughs> you have no right being a fan of any of this stuff. So, yeah. Well, I, but, I was never spat yeah. on by. I was not alive yet when he died. Um, close but not quite didn't quite didn't quite make it for him to spit on me as an infant um 
I yeah. So and and now you know they might be giants can never move out of Brooklyn because now you know since they long ago dubbed themselves Brooklyn's ambassador of love and direct from Brooklyn now that they can never move they've they've uh, I don't think they'd want to but they've they've firmly their icon you know iconography and mottos and slogans and all that they they can never move from Brooklyn. Flansburg talks about that in the Mark Marin podcast interview they did a year or two. Oh ago. yeah yeah that was yeah that was a great episode. Yeah, he talks about how he did move, but he doesn't really talk about it much because of that. Wait, so where is he now? He's, uh, I think, in Harlem, maybe. Really? Like, or in the Bronx? Yeah. Huh. And they they both have kind of Catskills, you know, a couple hours north of here, homes. Yeah. These rich motherfuckers. <laughs> I know people were just talking about that too, like. Well, that podcast is really weird too because they're talking about like a lot of it is about talking about like the Boston Cambridge area because Mark Maron went to university here as well and so like I remember just like being on the bus home and I'm talking about things and I'm like oh right I'm dead, like out the window like right here and, yeah like yeah they're talking about like this gen- sort of like glorified era of the Boston Cambridge area and I'm like there's a freaking target here now like that was all gone like. <laughs> Right. The nightclub you're talking about is now a target. Like that, yep. you know. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Sad. So let's, uh, yeah, speaking of things, progress, you know, targets and the CVS on every corner. Um, she was a hotel <laughs> detective in the future. So now we, we've already talked about how Flansburg may have been, you know, just kind of, you know, ideal, you know, his ideal image of this old film noir kind of detective character and now mm-hmm. she's in the future and so is it okay first of all is it the same woman that now is like some sort of you know she's got right. lasers she's got you know what is well, it the the finger what's the fingers yeah yeah the uh, the mechanical fingers or is it a new it's, futuristic yeah. version of a hotel detective also, it's not saying that she is a fu- is in the de- in the future. She was in the future, right? So at some point, <laughs> the future has already happened, and now this person has gone back from the future, back in time, oh. to tell us this story <laughs> of how she amputated his resistance with a mind warp, right? So yeah, or, uh, or that's why he kept the whole title, right? right. Or it's past tense because someone killed her. So she was a hotel detective in the future, and the future is now. It's just confusing on so many levels because that's what John Linnell likes to do, and that's why my podcast has long episodes is because things are confusing by design. Thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, Wikipedia, uh, I'll turn up Wikipedia. The uh, TMBG wiki says um, that the line "She walks with a bit of a rainbow" is from a 1967 Cream song. Right, but also the upside down frown makes reference to the same thing as well. Right around the same time, both those songs. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah. Hmm. In fact, you could think of it as like with the else and the podcast disc being kind of the. Uh, my mind's blanking. What's the two? Al- what's the album and the EP they did right before this? Like prior to this, like the. Well, the spine. oh yeah, oh, the indestructible spine. object. Yeah, yeah, and there's, well, there's also the the spine surfs alone, like EP oh, yeah. two, right? Where it was like extra, yeah, right. I mean, and then we had here come the ABCs, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. This so, 
and I always come back to like the song because I'm obsessed with how these guys could write so many songs. I mean, that's it's just mind blowing to me. And me trying to like get inside that, like in some capacity, how they come up with all these songs and the Linnell thing about just like taking these little, I mean, I'm sure Flans does it too, where it's like, you just got this little phrase or this one word even where it's like, that's your jumping off point. And so Flans writes the original, but then Linnell keeps coming back to it. And then stuff like that, like he's pulling references like beard of a rainbow, which I'm sure he knew that was from a cream song. And he'd heard that, uh, just all these little phrases and the upside down frown thing and all that. Like, it, it, it's just, it's, it's starting to click with me how, okay, maybe I should use these tricks. And, uh, you know, just instead of thinking too hard about writing a song, making it something personal or whatever, just take a cool little phrase or something that happened to just spin off from there. I mean, yeah. this definitely is a spinning off kind of song because it's, I think it's the weirdest of the three and most kind of nonsensical, but yeah. it's in the future. So it can be nonsensical. She has, you know, an electrical eyeball and shot a laser into his heart, you know? Well, I think it's, it's been 14 years since this song came out. I think we're due for a revival. Yeah. Like, <laughs> another three or four songs in this series. I'm sure they're coming out anytime soon, you know? But. That's what the whole next album is. That's what they've been doing in the studios. That's the, it's, they could come out tonight, for all we know. I mean, they could come out right now, and we just have to carry on recording this podcast in perpetuity until yeah, they yeah. like issue a statement on Twitter. We've stopped making these songs. You can end the podcast, guys. <laughs> yeah. What? Uh, well, uh, so like musically, without getting into, I mean, the lyrics. I don't think there's too much to unpack here, other than like the weirdness of it. I don't. I think it's just Linnell having fun with weird futuristic imagery from old sci-fi movies and stuff and what we thought the future was going to be like but like musically uh musically how do you guys like this song like putting the hotel detective thing aside what do we think about it musically john what do you you think putting putting aside the love story and the lyrics that we're not discussing yo we'll get to that we'll get to that (laughs) so yeah so i guess yeah the, the i guess we should talk about how it could you know lyrically connect but like musically you're a fan of the yeah. back to skull disco one what do you what do you think of this one it's another kind of electric electronic I th- take i think with this one um it does something that they might be giants don't do a lot which is the lyrics seem to have maybe come first and the music is definitely writing off of the themes from the lyrics yeah, and that there's there's yeah there's like bloops there's beeps there's electronic sounding parts Mm -hmm. there's the whole distorted voice um and uh so i think maybe they were just like having fun in the studio kind of making this futuristic sounding song um and we're about to talk about the commentary for it but i think they go together kind of like a pairing okay Uh, they might maybe they were you know conceptually created at the same time that makes sense one thing that i just uh, found through the wiki here. Uh, great wiki, John. This is so well put together. I love this. But, um, <laughs> is that the Dust Brothers were working with them on the Else. Right. Right? But the Dust Brothers also worked with them on Back to Skull. Oh, oh man. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah the, the Dust uh, Brothers made a, a Snail Shell remix. The remix, yeah. Yeah, Snail Dust, yeah. And so... You know, maybe maybe the Dust Brothers have all the answers. Here. I don't know. You know, maybe we should be asking them <laughs> on the sh- on the podcast 
interrogating them. Like, what's this? Who is this detective? What does she do? You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe that could have played into the style of it. Maybe the... Because, I mean, there's no credits for this on the wiki, and I'd have to look at my copy of the else to see if there's really anything there. But to me, it feels like... Is it... Because it's electronic drums. This is just like a solo Linnell track. Am I right? It might be, yeah. It very well could be, yeah. Yeah. Um, but we don't know We don't know who produced it, but I think if the Dust Brothers produced it, we would know. Uh, and I think that they probably wouldn't have the Dust Brothers produce a what would essentially become a b-side um i don't know maybe but he could linnell could have been inspired by like the you know the out there ideas that the dust brothers come up with because they do a lot of cool drum yeah or just a, a weird noise heard in the studio and he just decides to kind of take that his own thing and make a little thing about it you know? right right i mean you're doing, they're doing an album they're doing a podcast at the same time and they're all kind of doing those things all around the same time you know so who knows and it's because linnell is so lazy Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so like let's let's wow, yeah. let's keep churning out podcast content, original podcast songs while we're recording like all these albums and having deals with Disney and all this. These guys are so lazy. Clearly. Terribly lazy. Terribly oh. lazy. Okay, so let's let's talk about the the lyrics then, John. So we've got so all the sci-fi imagery I mentioned and stuff like that, but you you want to get into the uh the love story um, she shot the beam into his heart. So, so what do you make of it, John? I, I think it's interesting that um, I, the narrator who's singing is actually a character in the song, singing "My Heart Disintegrated," and it, it, pretty much the song over and over is talking about how the narrator's talking about how he was rejected by the the hotel detective. Yeah, yeah. He's weeping alone in his wormhole forevermore. Uh, you know, I, it's, uh, it repeats itself a few times, but it's, it's funny. Yeah. To me though, this doesn't have to be a hotel detective. This is pretty much, it could just be a standard weird love song, Linnell love song, but the, I don't know, I guess the hotel detective was the impetus in the something, maybe something with the rhythm there was all it took. Like she was a hotel detective, something about syllabically that it worked. I mean, it literally could have been anybody though. There's nothing about... Like, the other two songs do have stuff about that because, okay, here's what a police officer or detective might do, um, catching people, stuff like that. But in this one, it is about just a guy getting, you know, destroyed by this whatever. I mean, you know, it's a weird. Yeah. It's just a weird thing. <laughs> that could be just a, that could be a remark about how sequels, you know, get further and further away from the original intent. Oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah. What if this song is the first one? <laughs> what if what if what if and the, the, the wormhole theory supports this notion of like uh-huh. what if this song is actually referring to the first two songs before mm. like they this song happens first this is the prequel awful 90s prequel season version of, of those two songs this is the uh I'm into it and the shooting in the back alleyway in the second song <laughs> is a reference to the shooting of a laser beam in this song. Okay, wait, follow me here. Okay, if we're going to keep going yeah. down this wormhole, uh, cast your pod to the wind. Then we've got those Star Wars prequels coming out, you know, not too, you know, kind of right before this, those three, f- episode uh-huh. one, two, and three, we got the pod races. We got. <laughs> <laughs> sci-fi themes he was inspired by 
the horrible Star Wars prequels. It's all connected. It's all, all connected. connected. Yeah. See, Linnell just draws from everywhere. Hey, one thing I, I just noticed in the in the wiki, this is not a parenthesis, but a bracket. It looks like there's some some uh, mystery about the lyrics on the second verse or chorus. So the lyrics were never published, you know, in any right. liner notes. So right. I think maybe people didn't know whether to put fathom or phantom there. I think yeah. it, in the context, it's probably phantom. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. Usually we don't leave those little yeah. you know, bicker bickerings on the lyric page, but I think <laughs> this song isn't looked at all that much. Should be. Sadly. Yeah. Should be, yeah. Yeah, in the fathom, my heart disintegrated in the fathom doesn't really make sense. Phantom, it, I would think phantom. The phantom space. Yeah. Phantom space, yeah. Yeah, definitely. It was destroyed, it was destroyed. I love how when when lyrics have like la-las or da-da-das, that the, they write them all out. And this one has the me, 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 me all written <laughs> I, I always appreciate that when someone takes the time to actually count how many... Of whatever nonsense syllable they're saying. <laughs> oh, someone made a guitar tab for this. Awesome. Bless yeah. That's true of every song ever written, right? I mean, that at some point it has to happen, I think. It's the internet. It's like one of the rules. Yeah. 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 It's important that all those me, me, me's are there, because that determines where you change chords. <laughs> they lined up with the correct me. Oh, Jeez, uh, and, oh, I, and, had to, I had to think yeah. about what that part was. That's the part that's like, meh, 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 meh. oh yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. The rhythm it was different than I was like singing. A, like a Morse code. Has anyone tried to decode that stuff into like a code? Oh boy. <laughs> why, 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 why don't you do it and then uh, if you yeah. if you figure well, it out before this? It for me, really. Oh okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say if you figured it out before this episode posted, I could tag. There's it only out. one song with Morse code in the background. Pen- anyone? Pencil rain. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they might be giants. You are so silly. Yeah, my wife was. We were talking about this before dinner, just the hotel detective thing, and she's just like eating, kind of half listening or whatever. She's getting ready to go to tennis, and she's like, "These guys find the weirdest fucking things to write about." Why? <laughs> like even just the whole conceit of hotel detective, and then I'm talking about like three different songs, and she's like, "Why would you write?" a song about this let alone three songs how do you come up with this shit like that's just her you know she 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 likes the band she's obviously not the obsessive that i am but still just you know she'll often be like oh what song are you talking about tonight yeah that's another weird one <laughs> it's like our commentary it's like how does he yeah what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> so should we get to the uh the overall covers section then it seems like we're about that point you don't want to uh talk about the commentary I guess there aren't any covers of the commentary. It could go either way. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the commentary first. We that, should that make makes a sense. cover of the commentary. That, oh, the cover of the commentary, like how guys. like how Leslie Gower and I did the it's cover of Untitled. Oh, yeah. Of Untitled, yeah, <laughs> that was fun with her with her boyfriend in the background. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> we roped him in. Roped him into that. That, bark, bark. That, that are there be... two people on that on that untitled track? There's obviously the main person on the phone, but I think I always heard it as there were like there's someone in the room with her and there's someone on the phone with her. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, okay, cool. I was the guy on the phone and her husband was the guy in the other room, and he kind of right, sat right. back away from the mic and just shouted his couple of lines. Like, huh? What are yeah. you talking about? 
And that became like we just said that constantly throughout the episode. Well, anytime we were confused about, you know, something we were digging into. What are you talking about? Oh man. Okay, so the commentary, hold on. Is it is it is it scripted out on the the wiki? I'm sure it is. Uh yeah. Okay. I right, wonder me... who who wrote that out back then. I might have helped with that. <laughs> I thought you were being sarcastic and that you knew that it was you. 14 years ago. No. It wasn't me, but I have some edits to it. So, for context, the song and the commentary were both released in one episode of the podcast immediately following one another. Okay, So, yeah. fans had not heard Hotel Detective in the future yet. So, basically what you got in Podcast 5A in March 2006, you got this two-minute song, Hotel Detective in the Future, and then this four-minute commentary that sounds like it's meant to line up with the song. Obviously, it doesn't. And it continually refers to the song like it was a video or a movie project. Yeah. And it's two people talking, but it's just John Linnell doing both of their voices. (laughs) (laughs) So I think it's a package deal. Yeah. Hi, this is the commentary track for the They Might Be Giants song, Hotel Detective in the Future. Hi. Welcome. Hi. We should start by saying who this is. I'm David Remnikoff, and I did the computer-assisted three-dimensional special effects for the song. I work out of my home studio, which is called Animotion. And about eight months ago, I received a print of the song with instructions for the type of visual effects that the Giants were looking for. And I and my team set to work. My name is Anne Hathaway. And I did the Foley work, which means doing the sound effects. They Might Be Giants are really great to work with. I mean, the the email they sent was so typical of their humor. I, I love this type of work. I guess I'm the type of girl who loves Foley work. You mean you're, you're doing a girl's voice? No, no. I, I am a girl. I'm a girl. Okay, let's begin. This is the beginning of the song. This is what we call the establishing shot of the intro with some kind of yeah. well, little guitar thing. Yeah, there's some kind of bells. Uh-huh. And now the vocal, pretty much classic Giants, really really tinny vocals, yeah. very uncomfortable sounding. I don't know how he does that. Does he use a computer? Now for the chorus here. This is the chorus. They wanted some kind of big explosion, like something that would really grab the listener by the throat and shake their throat. A lot. In preparation for this podcast, John, you sent you sent me the, the four tracks to recap. And I will admit right now that I definitely spent a bit of time yesterday in Audacity trying to get them to line up. Because I, oh, you... I, I was hooked by the tra- the idea of them lining up. I spent some time trying to make them line up. So wait, like like you laid the, the two on separate tracks and tried to piece it together like that, you mean? I was I was thinking if I put yeah if I had them playing okay. at the same time I right. could like they I would be getting something out of it but obviously no I was I was I was fooled. You'd have to trim a lot <laughs> out because this is well, the commentary is longer than longer, the song. Yeah. That's, well, I re- yeah. I did, so I I kind of just pasted it in a hit play and then was like wait they're just talking about nothing now. Like, yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's. it's quote commentary track that's exactly why these episodes are so long they they might be giant songs are like two two and a half minutes they're like how do you talk for 90 minutes it's it just happens okay just happens so minutes a song and 30 years of debate 
So with the Anne Hathaway thing, first off, do we think it's inspired by Shakespeare's wife or the modern actress Anne Hathaway? Or does it have to be? Or is it no, neither? Yeah, I think he's just using her name. Yeah. Weren't they worried about getting sued? Probably referencing the actress. Yeah, yeah. And then David Remnikoff uh, is, is that, okay, inspired by editor David Remnik, who covered the Soviet Union. Okay, so Remnikoff is making Remnik sound more Russian, I suppose, right? Yeah. I, you yeah. know, it, that's, that's the best thing the wiki came up with, but sure. it could have just been he threw a random first and last name together. Yeah. I mean, David is a common name. Yeah. Remnik, Remnikoff. Hmm. Yeah. So... <laughs> Let's get into this then. Hi, this is the commentary track. We should totally do that. There's only two characters though. Who would be who? I think you guys should go ahead and read this whole thing out. No, I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna make you do that. Uh Googling a little bit. Remnick Remnikov's actually in the New Yorker in 2015, so that could be a real person. Huh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Remnikov. Huh. So the the two Linnell, I love when Linnell does weird voices. I love when the guys do weird voices, and I think David Remnikoff, I think, is Linnell doing his. Um, oh God, I'm blanking the the NPR. Um, the Ira Glass, maybe. Yes, that's it's him doing his Ira Glass. It's got to be right. Yeah, it sounds. So. It's like almost a dead on impression. Like it's when like I f- Linnell, but a little more nasally. Yeah, and just talking very quietly, right? This is the commentary track. Yeah, right. Yeah, very quietly. It's very NPR. Uh, you know, it's and very... It's a generic whispered. NPR voice, almost, you know, like... Perhaps. how all of NPR sounds. So, okay, so what are our favorite parts of this? Let's just, without... I don't know if we need to really go line by line, but what's... Do you have a favorite a favorite uh, quote from either of these characters here, John? A uh, uh, tough question. You know, I... I I have the whole thing in my head, but I haven't listened to it recently enough to like, you know, isolate a part of it like that. Um, I don't know, just the concept in general of like yeah. a fake commentary track. It's something they've done before and uh, I love it. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's a fun idea. I can imagine this was just super fun to do. And again, I'm imagining Linnell coming up with something, even though this like, for me to write something this hilarious and and just bizarre would take me fucking you know weeks, and Linnell was probably like just like bash this out. I mean, I can imagine maybe not on the fly, but almost. It all really sounds like stuff that people do say on film commentary tracks. It's and yeah. I, you know I doubt he went and listened to any in preparation. I think he's just like so familiar with the, the kind of stuff they talk about, how mundane uh-huh. it sounds. But right, yeah. I think my I think my favorite part is. The you mean you're doing a girl's voice? No, no, I am a, I'm girl. a girl. I'm, I'm a, girl. a girl, and I think I need to bring this up on the miscellaneous trans episode part two when we talk about just different gender issues because that's just a hilarious little exchange. They're like, "What?" It almost reads to me a little bit like uh, a kind of sort of uh, being uh, aware of their critics or the kind of the very lazy journalistic reviews of them at the time, right? So. The thing where they talk about, oh, this email is so typical of their humor. It's like, <laughs> that's a kind of very sort of bland thing. A sort of, you know, journalists might say if they don't really get it, right? It's that like thing from the, you, you know, the, the funny but sad kind of line about this sort of describe them in the, in the early years of like, right. but you're funny, but you're so sad. And it's like, right, you know. And it's like, okay, 
Yeah. And then the idea of like, how does he do that? Does he use a computer? And it's like, you know, just it's again like kind of how do I see like a girl kind of linking to that kind of thing where it's like like people don't quite get what's going on and they're trying to describe it and like they're like how does he do this why does he do this yeah but they're so okay. funny and it's like yeah. you know it's kind of it, that's how I read it it's like it's they're almost like it's generic kind of fake journalistic prose about the band you know like oh they sent me this thing and I worked it at my home studio for eight months and you know and then you think about the, the fact that this song and the commentary track came out together. So he recorded the song and then went right back in the studio and talked about it and said things <laughs> like, really tinny vocals, very yeah. uncomfortable Very sounding. uncomfortable sounding. <laughs> I don't know how he does that. Yeah, I, th- I think it probably is, yeah, it's, it's a combination of them kind of gently ribbing, you know, interviewers that they've had in the years, but also like in the, in the form of movie commentary. So right. it's... Uh, it's a commentary on commentary on interviews on the commentary. Uh, the commentary also refers to the song as just quote, uh, you know, without the, without the parentheses, it case skips the entire part of the song title. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. huh. as well, which again, maybe, maybe that's, I don't know. Maybe that was just a working title or I don't know. Yeah. Then we get to the parentheses thing. That's, I think we covered <laughs> the damn parentheses and we know that they are just confusing. You know, with all the context, you know, thinking about it now, you, you have to kind of wonder if they recorded Hotel Detective in the future as a throwaway song so that they could make this commentary about it. You think you this know, was like, the main this was the main thing in the uh, yeah. is song that was... why the song is shallow? Is that why it sounds so <laughs> weird? I mean they describe it as being mixed down so low you can't even hear it all. And it's like Right, like oh, that's the, the celery. That's the celery in the cornstarch. Right, the crunching. <laughs> <laughs> that's the part when I was, yeah, when I was listening last, that I, I I lose my shit on that part every time. How did you make this crunching noise in this part of the song here? Well, it's it's really a combination of I I used celery, I broke celery sticks, and then pitched it down and added lots of reverb. I guess I'm I'm giving away some trade secrets here. But nobody will ever really know exactly how much celery you used. I also added cornstarch, and then we went and crashed our van and recorded that, and I, I mixed it in. It sounds incredible. Yeah. It's really a shame they, they mixed it down so low. You can't really even hear it at all in the final version. It sounds incredible. And, and I don't know if that's a call to... Uh like the Beach Boys or something, I don't think they're the only people to record oh, yeah. crunching on vegetables. But yeah. the the smile song, vegetables, yeah, yeah, McCartney crunched a carrot or something. Yeah, yeah. So this it's it's again, Linnell references could come from anywhere, but I I feel like, and that idea of Foley work kind of goes to the the old them liking old fashioned things because Foley work Foley work is another thing like hotel detectives that are becoming a thing of the past. Nobody will ever know exactly how much sorry you used. Oh my god, so good. This is where the whole song is supposed to turn completely inside out. You've gotten all comfortable with this notion of what you think hotel detective in the future is supposed to mean. And then all your preconceived notions are completely... Those aren't real humans. No, we use use models painted to look like humans and then set on fire. Wow, they're so real. 
What about the bugs? Those are real insects. I don't want to say where we got them. I don't want to get into trouble. And this is where things get a little messy. Ew, totally gross. <laughs> That's what the giants asked for. And I live to serve. You're such an ass. Well, that's it. End of song. Thanks for listening. I'm David Remnikoff. And I'm Anne Hathaway. Bye-bye. This is really a great track, and I'd kind of forgotten it existed. So, John, thank you for, for reminding me that when you guys signed up for the various hotel detective things, you're like, don't forget the commentary. I'm like, <laughs> oh, no problem. right. I'm like, I hadn't listened to that in fucking forever. It's so I feel like they should have funny. put it on Cast Your Pod, but it would have killed the momentum. I guess, but Untitled was like right in the middle of, you know, a couple of different collections. You know, yeah, Miss, Miss T and all that. You know, they didn't... It wasn't the last track on Miss T, was it? I mean, I heard no, it mostly track on, 13. Yeah, yeah. Oh, David Remnikoff and Anne Hathaway. Bye-bye. We should, we, we should do a cover, but not tonight. <laughs> that would be funny. This episode won't be coming out for like three weeks, probably. So. The bugs that are mentioned in the commentary are also nowhere in the song, right? There's just bugs, yeah. Bugs are just bugs from somewhere, right? Or, They're completely irrelevant. Pretty much everything they talk about is not in the song at all. Yeah. I mean, they're yeah. treating it like it was a movie. Right. Yeah. It's completely unrelated. It almost makes me wonder if they're actually watching like the wrong thing. Linnell was thinking of an unrelated thing, is what he was doing. Uh, let's, uh, we're getting this, we're, we've been going a while. This is definitely going to be split up yeah. into two episodes, and that's totally cool. I also realized that we should be playing uh, some of the live versions because they did release a fairly proper version with the first album live. Um, well, it was called First Album Live, right? That they did. Um, are you guys, I, John, I'm sure you're familiar with it. Uh, Matt, have you heard that first album live? record uh, it's been a while but yeah i have heard it i'm sure i was at the show where they recorded it. of course you were yeah. <laughs> stop saying very new york things that make me although i think it was put together from maybe two shows and i was at the new york one not the west coast one That's the one that was like you had to like give your email to some website to download it. I think at least that's the original promotion of it. Is some website? It's like if you got on their mailing list, then you got to download it for free. <laughs> I think it was on TMBG.com as an email sign up at least at one point. Yeah, that's possible. I don't know. I think I grabbed it after. I definitely grabbed it after the fact. What year did that come out? Oh, 2014. It was released. There we go. Okay. Yeah, recorded okay. 2013, and it was on TMBG.com. Put into wiki. So. Yeah. Yeah, well then I don't know what the deal was because the way I got it was like this noise something dot com place. Who did you give your email to? Oh, I don't know. It goes straight to the Gmail spam folder, so I don't even worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I do have to play the London nineteen ninety video that uh, Daryl Till so lovingly uploaded, and then also sliced up a lot of it.
it is just so like energetic and I think the distortion kind of adds a charm you know, like the the distortion of the uh, videotape being just overwhelmed with sound <laughs> but like just Flansburg jumping around in the Ramones shirt and Classic. Linnell just like just like rocking the accordion like doesn't he play it the whole set like for every goddamn song on accordion or does he ever do keys because I feel like everything I've ever watched on that He's playing the accordion. There was a lot more accordion back and then like, when they were a duo. I know. I know. I could use... I I could go for a full accordion set. If he needs to sit down, he could sit down. Those things are fucking heavy. I wouldn't blame him. Uh, but yes, as an accordion player myself, I just love that video because they're just like rocking so hard and he's just like, no bones about it. I'm f- playing the fucking accordion and you're going to like it. That's probably the same time I... that tour i'm guessing in london 1990s probably the same week i first saw them on that bbc morning show makes sense right they're in they're in the uk for it so that's weird they did yeah yeah. cool hey everybody i'm scott and i'm greg Together we host a podcast called Best Midwestern, part of the Punk News Podcast Network. Uh, We have a uh, new episode coming out right now about the great state of Kansas. Learn all about all the fun facts of Kansas you never knew. Uh, Like, for example, which porn star is from Kansas that is currently married to Stormy Daniels? There's a fun one. Uh, Regardless, it'll be a good episode regardless. Tune in uh, at Best Midwestern on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your podcasts, and follow us online at Best Midwestern. People are going to love our chemistry. People are used to me talking to all different people from all over the world about They Might Be Giants. But listen to me and Scott, we go way back. This dude spoke at my wedding and then saying Andrew WK, it was awesome. True. Listen to Best Midwestern, my other podcast. Scott, I've missed you. Everybody, check out Kansas. Let's do the covers section. So first covers of the, the original the original hotel detective, uh, parentheses, she was a hotel detective. Um, and I think the first one we got to play is uh, Dane Carton on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash Dane-Carton. And without uh, me spoiling anything, I'm just going to drop the clip in here. One, two, three, four. All right. Step in the goals, cause you step in the walls. If you got a secret boy, forget about it. Cause she's all Hold on, detective. A little. Hold on, detective. Why don't you check around? So he. I like how he starts the description on the SoundCloud page. It says, okay, so like, dot, dot, dot. That's how it starts. Here's here's uh, a wave file I got from my aunt that my mom took of me singing Hotel Detective by the Might Be Giants when I was five years old. And then, so it says circa 1997, but it was uploaded in 2018. And uh, I think that's great that this guy put this up on the web and he put this very like metalcore looking picture of him currently uh holding a bass guitar but it's just acapella you know him doing it as a child do you guys like that (laughs) it's fantastic it's so great 
because he's so into it. I mean, he's clipping the microphone on multiple occasions, just like yelling. He's definitely channeling that Manic Flans energy from the original. He knows every lyric at age five. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So then we've got, here's one I found, and I'm going to have to put uh, my other headphone to my ear to listen to this, because I have not listened to this yet. I believe, and it has the parentheses, I believe it's of the first song. I'm going to send this over to you guys. This is on YouTube. We got Strong Brush One on YouTube, and let's see, there we are. favorite thing about this is that it was uploaded in 2014 but it looks like it's from way longer ago the video laptop quality webcams will do that yeah it's got a cool kind of um it's not quite like those little videos they were doing around the clock radio era with like the quick cams. i guess yeah the quick right. cam stuff right it's not quite that bad but it's got like a nice weird hue to it and the talk about tinny vocals the whole thing sounds tinny in, in yeah, kind of a cool way. Someone holding it in a basement on like a crappy laptop webcam, you know. Like. It kind of looks like he might be under a bunk bed. Yeah, he's in a dorm room, clearly, which I, I, I love that. Like, they got the lofted beds. Uh, I mean, that's what I would think. Or it's his childhood home, yeah, and there's bunk beds. But the fact that he's, I doubt he's sitting on like a bed underneath. It's probably where, like in my college, yeah, we had our desks underneath the lofted beds, right. you know? And uh, mad respect to that. That is awesome. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a decent cover. I mean, he kind of plays it straight up. You know, I like how he plays is. the riff. Sounds pretty cool on acoustic. Yeah, yeah, it does. And and hearing a song that, like as we said, was a very beefy kind of blues, blues, jazzy. You know, BB King style, Bo Diddley style kind of rock. You know, pulling it back like this uh, is an interesting feel. <laughs> Happy they day, everybody, he says. Yeah. A little video of me singing a song that I do not own the rights to, but love a lot anyway. <laughs> I, I think... I'm a huge fan of the no copyright intended statement. No copyright intended. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a cover. I mean, it's like, when you think about it, like Weird, Weird Al, too, I was like, I, you know, I was mentioning this with like parody stuff. He doesn't need to get permission. He does, but he doesn't need to. And right. covers, like if you're selling them... Yes, I've put out an album full of covers. We paid almost $800 to license all of our songs for our uh, covers album, including $45 to They Might Be Giants for Dr. Worm rights. Um, but if you're just throwing it up on YouTube and it's just you on a webcam, I don't think they're oh, going to yeah. care. But, I don't think anyone's going to come after you, but I think it's it's kind of funny that like we live in this culture of like, copyright is so ubiquitous that like people feel the need to like explain that this low resolution webcam acoustic recording of me is not the master tape of this song. Like, <laughs> like, just to be clear, like don't get 
don't I don't want you guys coming after me and trying to get me to you know it's like yeah get it like you don't have to explain <laughs> this, this is not the fifth song in the hotel detective series just in or case you were wondering yeah <laughs> oh okay yeah. so let's get to um covers of non-parentheses she was a hotel detective aka back to skull hotel detective and there's this guy, something Q, Qbert, something. <laughs> he sounds like an John, idiot. Sounds like an idiot. Why don't uh, John? You did a cover. Was this just like a year ago? Not yeah, even. Yeah, that, that was me. Probably about a year ago. Nighttime lady, she says maybe in the the impetus behind you uh, wanting to record a cover of this song I, i'd say the same reason i'm i chose to talk about it here i just really love that song i, I love how it sounds i think it's a classic and uh i think it's cool to cover a b-side and yeah. uh, you know because there's not many out there yeah especially like if it's a song that they never play live themselves it's a little more uh novel to be like, hey, here's me playing it live. You're not going to see them play it, but That's here's true. me playing it, right? <laughs> yeah. I do have some clips, some clips of Flans singing this, you know. Really? Because they, they did play it live in the 90s, if you want to oh, throw okay, that in cool. somewhere. Cool. I don't know where you would. Yeah, I guess so. Though Hotel Detective in the future, I, I don't think I can. I couldn't find any covers of that. But I guess maybe I didn't specifically put in the future. I just put you know Hotel Detective cover. It's it's pretty unlikely. I would yeah, say. it it is pretty unlikely. But that's why it would be a really cool one to cover as well. Yeah, you know, to be the first one to do it. That's why it was almost weird for me to cover Birdhouse for the ship posting compilation so i'm like why would i cover birdhouse i mean that's just like the song everybody covers but then uh at Kalemchi, he was like well not that many people have turned him in and then a bunch of people did but i was still it was nice to take on an iconic song but usually i would be like deep cut you know go with the weird ones i mean that's yeah. why I, that's why i covered answer i mean it's an album track but there's like there's one cover um okay future i'm just doing a, one more quick check just to make sure 
Yeah, there are definitely no covers of She Was a Hotel Detective in the Future. And there's no covers of the commentary unless we decide to do that sometime before this episode yeah. comes out. If we're that insane to do it, uh, we'll we find out. We did the commentary of the commentary. So we've kind of added oh boy. an extra song to the universe by making this podcast, right? That's true. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So this is the commentary on She Was a Hotel Detective in the Future commentary. Uh, when you put this out on the podcast, it needs to have like seven different parentheses in the title that all interlink. And interlink oh, my God. That... Like, so complicated that it crashes people's MP3 players with different you know? Yeah, I'll just, like, mess up the HTML code completely. I'm like, hey, Adam, why why didn't this post? He's like, because you put a bunch of fucking parentheses and brackets everywhere. You fucked it all up. We are at the point of the show where we need to score all of the songs. So let's go around all three of us for each one. Uh, so starting with the original parentheses, she was a hotel detective. Uh Matt, what are you going to score this one? Zero to ten with decimals. Uh, with decimals? Okay, wow. Uh, I'm just going to go straight seven. All right. John? Uh, that sounds like a very fair vote. I'm, I tend to skew upward. I'm going to go with an eight. Okay. All right. Let me see. I think, I mean, like I had mentioned before, like I was almost... Not surprised that it, like, finding out that there was a video and there's a single, like, way after the fact. Not that I ever disliked this song, but it was never, it never, like, um, like I said, was one I'd put on, you know, mixtapes or whatever. Um, but it is, I mean, it's interesting, you know, it makes me want to rank it higher just knowing that it, like, spawned all these other things. We're doing this giant episode about all these other Hotel Detective songs, so it's like, you know, respect to the Hotel Detective uh, you know, Flans starting this idea that Linnell just ran with. Um, but I still think I'm going to go... Uh, I'm going to go 6.4. So, let's move on to Back to Skull, non-parentheses. She was a hotel detective. Matt. Nine. Ooh. John. I really, it's it's one yeah. I listen to again and again. Yeah, it's 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 good. Yeah. Okay, John. I'll give it a ten. Ooh. Uh, I she I mean, was a hotel there, there's uh there's very few. They might be giant songs that like I consider absolutely perfect. Um, but yeah, this is one of them. Wow. I, I don't rank a lot of them higher than this. But it, I mean, it's tied. It's tied for ten out of ten. I won't say it's the only one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the best. They might be giant songs, definitively. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a. I mean, it's one that, and now I've actually that I have the CD. I've it's been kind of rotating through my old school, uh, you know, component system CD player with the five discs. It's just kind of stayed in there, and it keeps coming back around. So I keep hearing it, and it's one that I had heard before. But it's buying that and then, you know, knowing that this episode was coming, I've been listening to it a lot, and it is awesome. Like I mentioned, kind of calling back to the duo era a little bit, but also just like that funky tie-in to like the snail shell and stuff. Um, I think I'm going to go 7.9 on this one. So then on to She Was a Hotel Detective in the Future. Uh, Matt? I, I think just for the the way I, I feel about the song nostalgically about that kind of moment in my life, I would go with a nine again. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, John. 
uh, let's see. I'll give I'll give it a seven point five. It's uh, not one of my favorites, but I think when when you factor that it came out with that commentary about it, sure. Yeah, yeah. They're all kind of affecting each other in my mind here. Uh, I think I'm going to go seven point two. I love the the just the weird sci-fi language. I love robo vocals and all that kind of fun stuff you can put on and post. Um, so I, I mean, I think it's pretty high for a track that seems kind of nonsensical and maybe about hotel detective or not. <laughs> um, and like you said, maybe created because of the commentary, who knows what came first, the commentary or the song. So I'm going 7.2. So I guess, you know, I made Leslie, uh, score the untitled track. So I'm going to, you know, we scored that. I'm going to make you guys score the commentary. Uh, Matt. I'm going to go straight in the middle and give it a five. Just. Oh, I wow. I've heard it. I have heard that. Probably heard that twice in my life. The podcast day came out. And then yesterday. Yeah. When I stumbled around Audacity trying to make it line up with a song. And, got, and I got hoodwinked by it. And I'm docking it a point for the fact that I was tricked 14 years later into trying to line it up with something that <laughs> so, you know, call, wow. call, call me uh you know vindictive i guess but that's that's my vote yeah wow all they right you. i yeah, yeah i didn't see that score coming john what are you giving it uh i feel weird rating it because it's not a song but on oh you're rating it on entertainment value i'll, I'll give it a nine I, I think it's really right. really funny you know yeah for all the reasons we discussed i think it's almost more listenable than the song that came before it. Um, <laughs> while I gave it a 7.2, it's a pretty good song. I think I'm going to go 7.5 for the uh, commentary because it's, um, I mean, I think the untitled track, as far as spoken tracks that, I don't know, it's just its own category. Like this and the untitled kind of go together to, for me. Right. That one being an organic kind of weird conversation, I think. Um, wait, hold on. Let me see what I scored that. Let me make sure. What did I score? I gave that a 6.5. That seems really low. I don't know. I think at the time I was just like, I don't listen to it a whole lot anymore because I've listened to it a bunch. But something about the organic nature of that, like it just being a bizarre kind of capturing this moment that these people didn't even know was being recorded. Uh, well, this is a different thing in that Flan- you know, Linnell scripted it at least somewhat and then acted it out. So um, I think it is pretty fucking hilarious so i i think i'm sticking with 7.5 three uh, a point three higher than the actual song <laughs> how impressive is it that he recorded it in a way where he can interrupt himself repeated times yeah and 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 i doubt he recorded it to a click track so that makes it even harder <laughs> having to figure out the timing of his initial track enough to make it sound organically like he's interrupting himself Kudos, JL, on that. So, let's wrap this beast up. The Hotel Detective series episode. Um, And I guess this is definitely the part two episode. So, thanks guys for being on both of these episodes. And uh, do we have anything to plug um, before we leave? You guys want to shout out anything or plug anything? Matt... Uh, yeah, I'll plug a couple of things. Um, I am starting my own podcast, as is my duty as a human being in 2020. Oh, yes. Uh, that's coming out uh, this year, so I'm working on that right now. That's at talksaboutstuff.com. Okay. Uh, and then I guess two things uh, I would 
uh, like to point out, I guess, about this. Um, one, very vague, but to the talk about the, the Kinetics Quick Cam era of the band, uh, I'd recommend everyone check out tedium.co, which is a great blog about just little, little bits of weird tech from the past that are kind of now forgotten. And the guy that runs the site tries to like get hold of them where he can and like get them working again. Oh, that's kind wow. of fascinating. And, yeah, that's fun. Uh, I am talking on an upcoming podcast about again about the um, the A15 from Manchester uh, appearance from 1990, and that's a podcast called Looks Unfamiliar. So huh. uh, plug those three things, and I guess just follow me on Twitter. You know, please. Hi. Yeah, so it's it's at Matt L, right? Wait, is it an under, underscore? L, yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. Just yeah. Matt L, M A T T L. All right. I'm not a toy company. I am a man. <laughs> it, uh, though, though your logo, your little avatar would indicate otherwise. Uh, <laughs> there's, no, there's no, there's no E in my avatar. Okay. Yeah, I, you know, I, I love know. that logo. <laughs> You've been using yeah. that for a long time. I've been using that name for a long time. That's my 1992 era email address name. That's been my name forever. Ah. Oh, at this wow. point, it's almost basically my name. Like Matt Hell is my name, and Matt Lee is my like, <laughs> you know, legal name. Yeah. <laughs> it it just reminds me of when I used to confuse John here. Uh, when I think the first thing I uploaded for the Twitter account was at the time they might be giants, and I think they're back to it now. We're using the little red they, and I like very meticulously crafted the little red this. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone was getting confused because it looked just like it. And when it's just that little thing on your phone, John mm-hmm. was like, God damn it, you tricked me again. <laughs> it did keep tricking me. Check out my Twitter account, if only for the pinned post at the top, where I was working um, for a as a contractor for a very large search engine that begins with a G. And in their office building here in Boston. Is it Ask Jeeves? It's Ask Jeeves. <laughs> correct, yeah. Uh, the office building we were working in had this little screen in the elevator that was constantly showing these crappy local ads. And you could spend 15 bucks and get your own ad in the thing. And so I wanted to have this Don't Let's Start lyrics to a picture of Skeletor uh, in the elevator on Valentine's Day. Put it up there and paid my money. I went through this entire process of the the office manager calling me and coming up to my desk and being like, you can't have this on the screen because the building doesn't like it. <laughs> and I'm like, fine, like do something else. I'm like, no, give me my money back. And there's this whole like process of like them mailing me checks and me like not getting the check. And it just took far too much of their time when they could have just ran it and no one would have cared. You know, that's funny. <laughs> it's very heavily retweeted and i think it's it might be the most popular post ever on the tmbg official tumblr oh wow i didn't even realize that was I yeah think. yeah a, sc- a screenshot of your tweet nice wow cool. <laughs> so john uh what do you what do you want to plug oh i don't do the internet um <laughs> i'll say uh go Check out. You this don't might do the internet. Wiki. The internet does you. Ooh. That sounded just sexual. <laughs> this check might be a wiki. wiki. What's check, that? Check out uh, Miscellaneous Tea on Facebook if you're not in there. Three thousand members and uh, dozens of topics a day. You realize I plug both of those things every episode, right? Yeah, but it's an official plug now. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> um, if you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, I'm moving to the sun which is the They Might Be Giants song. <laughs> and uh, I make websites at john.city. 
John J-O-N. dot city. J O N dot city. Uh, that that is an important bit. Yes, no H. No H. Thanks, guys. That was fun doing uh, the uh, just that was doing a blast. tag team in these 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 the series of songs. I think this was the way it had to happen. So I'm glad. Uh, I think we did a good job. So I think you should put it out all together. You want me to do yeah. it in one? Can you? God. The, I mean, right now the call is at two hours and thirty-four. It's two hours and thirty-four minutes. I think minutes. you should put it out as as both one and three, like one for each song, <laughs> and then also one long one, and just let people pick and choose, right? <laughs> well, it's like when I did fingertips in like twelve sections last year, and I'm like, you know about that? Fingerprints in the UK was one track. Fi- fingertips right. was one track. They, they they messed up the duplication of fingerprints on CD, so it came out as one track. Huh. That's, That's how it is on the uh, Dial-A-Song 20 years thing. Okay. Well, that, I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense. But at the time, they talked about shuffling on a CD player, right? Yeah, I mean, the, the booklet mentions it, but like the duplication yeah. just like failed to do that, I guess. I don't wow. know. Weird. All right, yeah. well, I'm going to wrap this up here, dudes. So, uh, yeah, thanks again. And cool. let's uh, both do uh, other episodes in various formations in the future. Yeah. In the future. Let's do it. Yes. Thanks for listening to another episode of This Might Be a Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at This Might Be a Pod. On Facebook, facebook.com slash this might be a podcast. You can email me at this might be a pod at gmail.com. Send us a voicemail. I want to hear your voice on the podcast. Your voice with your opinions. Call 224 801 2930. This might be a podcast is produced by me, Greg Simpson. This episode was edited and mixed by John Walker. You can find him on Instagram and Twitter at Gianni W. G I A N N I D U B Y A. Gianni W. on Instagram and Twitter. You can find his music at Sci Fi on SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Now that's Sci like S I G H F I G H on SoundCloud and Bandcamp. That's his music. And he has a few podcasts that are on a catch-all station called FYIZ. Please, if you like what you're hearing, go give us a rating on iTunes and anywhere else. Give us that five-star rating. Leave us a review. It helps people find us, helps us make new fans and get new listeners. If you really like what you're hearing, you could head over to patreon.com slash this might be a podcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We will see you next time.